Hi, I'm Ryan, the Decapitated Rules Guy. I'm Helen, the Apocryphal Storyteller. So today, for our interseason inter content, interseason content, I'm going to tell you the story of the Head of Vecna. This is one of the stories that kind of goes around gaming circles, and and you might see it on the internet, you might see it referenced in a magazine, you might see it referenced, I don't know, on a podcast or something. You know, it's just one of those stories that gets passed around. But it's true in the way that all stories that are passed down are true, which means it's probably false. But it's fun. But the important thing is it's funny. Right. So many years ago. 1996. I believe. A GM named Matt Stewart was running a D&D game. He's actually running two games, two different parties, in the same setting at the same time. So they'd alternate every week and the things that the party did last week would happen in the background this week, which seemed pretty complicated to me. A lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. Yeah. That. There's a lot of a lot of paperwork you got to do there, but I'm sure it was very interesting. Well, somehow these groups became antagonists for each other. I don't know if that was planned. I don't know if that was part of the pitch to the players. I don't know if it was a happy accident. Whatever. They become antagonists to each other. I mean, if you put one group of player characters into a room, they'll walk out of that room with a bunch of enemies. So the idea of putting two groups of player characters into the same room, it will become a bloodbath. Right. So one group, we'll call them Group One, decides to lay a trap. For group two. The way they're going to do this is they're going to spread rumor about a fake magical artifact called the Head of Vecna. Dun dun dun. Yeah, imagine that in bloody font in your mind. Yeah, like chiller. Yeah, yeah. And in case you don't know, Vecna is a long-standing Dungeons and Dragons antagonist who, through different editions, has been a powerful lich, a god, something in between. Fans of certain actual play podcasts may remember when he's been big, big bad before. Yeah, you know, he, he gets around. He does. He, he gets does. around. But the important thing is really powerful, and he is missing an eye and his left hand. Sometimes he gave them up for power. Sometimes he was killed and that was all that was left. Not really important. His eye and his left hand are powerful artifacts. If you are missing the piece that it replaces, you can put it in and it will attach to you. I will give you powerful magical abilities and also try and corrupt you. But, you know. If you're already at that point, it doesn't have to work hard. Like, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit. Most people don't just go around looking for the parts of liches to attach to themselves. It's a lifestyle choice. It is. It is. It says yeah. a lot about you personally. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so that's the context, right? There's a hand and an eye of Vecna. If you attach them, you gain... Powerful magical book. So they make up the head of Vecna. They get a, a head from a corpse somewhere and they cast an illusion on it so that it appears to have a powerful magical aura. So if you look at it with the tech magic, it seems like an artifact. They put it in a cave and they put several traps in the cave to make it seem authentic. Yeah, so, so it looks like there's actually something to protect in this cave. And then, cleverly, they go around to all the bards in town and they teach them a song they made up, a ballad, about the head of Vecna and pay them money to sing it in tavern. So in really a way, they kind of infiltrated the mass media of the, the setting. Yes, for a setting in which mass media is driven by bards in taverns. Yeah. Yes. So they do this. Next week, group two is playing. They're in a tavern. They hear the story. They think that sounds cool. They decide, let's go after it. That night, the druid, unbeknownst to the rest of the party, sneaks away 
to find the head of Vecna. And he does. He finds the cave, he gets through the traps, he gets to the head. But this leaves him with a problem. How do you cut off your own head and then attach the head of Vecna? So he asks the GM, I can summon an animal. Can I summon a baboon and give it my scimitar so it can cut off my head? At this stage, I'm imagining the GM's soul leaving his body a little bit as, as he's just wondering how he got in with all of these people. Yeah. But also willing to go with it. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And the GM's like, well, the baboon has hands and they're pretty strong. Sure, if you give him a scimitar, he can cut off your head. And the GM's like, okay, would he stick around long enough after he does that to put the, the head of Vecna on my body? And the GM's like, sure, why not? Let's see how this goes. So he does that. He summons a baboon. He gives the baboon his scimitar. He explains, you need to cut off my head and you need to put this head on my body. And the baboon does. And he's dead. He's dead because it's just a random head. Yeah. You know, which imagine you're that baboon and it's like, okay, well, guess my work here is done. So the next day, the rest of group two goes out in search of the head of Vecna. While they're looking for it, group one goes back to the cave, finds the head is gone, finds the dead druid, probably laughs. Yeah. And then realizes they made a mistake. They didn't take out one of the head's eyes. Oh no. So they, they go ahead and do that then. They take out the head, the, an eye from the head. They get rid of the druid's body and the scimitar. They reset the traps and leave. Yeah, like at that point they'd realized, okay, well, we got lucky this time because this person did not even think to ask how many eyes the quote-unquote head of Vecna had. They just went directly to having a baboon decapitate them. Yeah, as um, you do. As you do. As a PC. Yeah. So, they reset everything and leave. The rest of group two arrives, gets through the traps, finds the head. Presumably thinking the entire time, golly, it would be so much easier if our druid was here. I wonder what happened to him. Man, what a dick. So they get the head. They get it out of the cave. And then they start to argue, as PCs often do, who gets the head of Vec? Fighter wants it because cool magical abilities. The wizard's like, but it would probably complement my powers better. They argue. I'm going to go ahead and bounce us real quick, just back to where we said it was a lifestyle choice that said a lot about you personally if you went in search of lich limbs to attach to yourself. So we don't have to feel bad about any of these characters. Please continue. So eventually the party decides the wizard's probably right. We don't know what powers the head of Vecna gives you, but the others really complement a wizard best. So the fighter cuts off the wizard's head and they put the head on the wizard's body and it doesn't work. The wizard dies. The wizard dies and, and then, yeah. And, and then they, they say, well, we probably just didn't do it fast. Yeah, because you see there's that split second after you remove the head that the, the body's still twitching. I think they went with like chicken or snake rules on this. Right, yeah. So they do it again. They cut off someone else's head and they, they put it on immediately. Seems like, well, they die, it doesn't stick. And then they start to get suspicious. Maybe there was no head of Vecna. Maybe this was all fake. But who would do such a thing? Who would do such a thing to the poor adventures of this world to set up this trap, this devious <laughs> infernal plot? <laughs> Clearly only other PCs would. <laughs> no one would be as depraved yeah. as we are to think of a plan like this, except people like us. So that's the story of the head of Vecna. Is a it true? Is it not true? Does it matter? No. But what is important is a completely mundane severed head killed three people, which is 
pretty impressive. That's much better than most Severed have. Honestly, that's much better than a lot of things in the D&D setting, honestly. Yeah. Oh, we don't know what happened after that. The story ends there. But I think that's the important part of the story anyways. Yeah, I believe it was published at some point uh, as, as you know, apocryphal lore in Dragon Magazine, I want to say it was, Probably. or something like that, and, you know, also in the later in the 90s. But again, that's really the most of it. So now you know that. Feel free to share that with all of your friends. Continue passing this along. And, and uh, uh, look out for Easter eggs, because it comes up in a lot of games and stories. There's a passing reference to, like, ahead of Vecna or anything like that. And now you'll know. You'll know where that comes from. So we'll leave you with that and you can get out there and make your own ridiculous apocryphal stories that'll get passed around on the internet and uh, go find your own fun. Well, I'm Ryan, the decapitated rules guy. I'm Helen, the apocryphal storyteller. And this has been our interseason content. Join us next week and we're going to have a little more for you as we ramp up to season two.